I maybe I did play just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valini is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUT's after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUT's after further review. I'm Derek Lawson here with David, the man of God Harris, we're back here for another weekend, a weekend of football, also a somber weekend as well as it's uh, 9-11, so uh, we got that going on, but uh, we're here to, uh, you know, to remember, but then also embrace our freedoms and the things that we have here in this country, and one thing we have is, you know, it's a great show here on 88.3 WGTs after further review, usually coming on 11.30 to about 2 or maybe 11 to 1, you know. Just depends, especially when we have Frank Baxter in the building. He's not here today. I think he's up in Pontiac for a wedding. So it's just me and David today here for you. And then we'll be here for the next couple of weekends with Frank. And then I know I am going out of town in the first two weekends of October. Can you believe it, David? We are basically moving along in this year. School has started. We're in September and pretty much to the halfway point of September. And then next thing you know, it'll be October. Yeah, just a couple couple weeks away, and then we're already thinking about you know, homecoming for college campuses. It's like, yeah, we the semester just started. Already thinking about kind of all the stuff that we find in the heart of fall. Yeah, and you're chugging along. Yeah, and the other things that in the heart of fall is NFL football, pumpkin spice, and sweatshirts and, and sweaters. That some people like. Some people actually like the pumpkin spice and all. Ugh, can't stand it. Ugh. But anyway, now off to. For your NFC West preview with David, the man of God, Harris. Go ahead, David. All right, as always, going from worst to first, looking at the NFC West and holding the basement very comfortably, the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. Wait a minute. They almost got to the playoffs last year, David. How are they holding down the basement? It's another year. People are going to get a lot of tape with Kyler Murray, and I mean, yes, he plays plays with reckless abandonment. But I mean, this is year three together. Are they really going to take a leap forward offensively? Yes, you're rebuilding and revamping your defense, but still have questions. Obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of Kyler Murray. Again, I think he plays with reckless abandonment and you know tries to do a lot too much. Running back, uh, Chase Edmonds is a nice piece, 
but is he really a starting kind of caliber number one? You bring in James Conner, we know his durability, issues about staying on the field. I mean, so, again, you're going to be looking at Kyler Murray doing a lot of those improvised or pre-planned scrambles or quarterback draws. Yes, you have strong receiving for obviously led by DeAndre Hopkins. Just, just a lot of questions, and then looking at just how tough this division is, someone has to be in the basement, and I think they're going to they're going to take a significant stat. Also, not one hundred percent sure about how much you're actually going to get from AJ Green, because I mean he really didn't play that much when. You know, in his final season in Cincinnati. Right. And, I mean, is he really that? Is he going to, is he even going to have a thousand yards? Probably not. Maybe he'll push 800, 900 for the season. Just a lot of questions for that season. Hmm. Okay, keep going. In, in third place, I will have the Los Angeles Rams. I'm getting a lot of more questions. Running back, you bring in the Sonny Michelle, but you know, Daryl Henderson is going to be the workhorse back. Um, losing, you know, they have Cam Makers, but lost him to injury. Wide receiving core, you got some decent pieces here. Now, you know, the question is Matthew Stafford, you have a defense now that's actually. Pushing elite category can easily be top 10. You have all the pieces around you. Matthew Stafford, are you actually going to improve? Like, because now the excuse can be, oh, well, you know, he has no one around him like he did in Detroit. It's like, no, you are being put in the position to go for broke. They brought you in because they saw you as an upgrade over Jared Goff, who not even three years ago, was the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. So, Matthew Stafford, it's all or nothing for you. Now, this is a, we always say, you know, time to put up or shut up. This is a to put up or shut up here from Matt Stafford. Because if he looks pedestrian, I don't want to hear anything from anybody that's like, oh, Matthew Stafford's the top tier quarterback. No. Like, this is the year to prove it. Is this a sticky situation though for him? I think I think he can do it. I just think let's just let's face it. Detroit was just a mess, especially with Matt, uh, as, as Frank calls him, Patricia, so to speak. I, I really think he'll have a good year. I, you, you start to realize that he was really talented, but Detroit's organization was so disorganized that um, I don't think he got to truly show his true skills. I think there was glimmers of hope glimmers of, of potential in the couple of years, especially the year they got to the playoffs. But, yeah, I, I think now that he's with a uh, offensive coach, that's almost like a genius. Uh, he is an upgrade over Jared Goff, though. I mean, Jared Goff was limited, and that's why McVay basically, you know, got rid of him. Um, he, he just was frustrated because, and I know, and, and I tell people, we've had this on the show before, with, you know, with Mitchell Trubisky, with the quarterback, with the Bears. I really think that the Bears did well with Trubisky. They got wins. 
but because he was limited, you couldn't really open up the playbook. And I, and as for a coach, especially in football, you want to do things, but you can't because the player is limited talent-wise. It could be arm strength. It could be football IQ. It could be a, a number of things. And I just think that with Matt, Matt Stafford over there at, with, with the Rams, I, I really think he, he, he might push them over the edge to possibly um, – win the Super Bowl now obviously Cam Akers I believe is out what was it Achilles tear or was it ACL I think it was Achilles yeah I think it was Achilles yeah so now you lose a running game um but you know it almost is like what if Stafford was there with when Gurley had that big year you know do do they end up beating the Patriots in that Super Bowl I mean let's be honest golf is limited I mean when he was there with Jeff Fisher they were almost saying he was a bust he was a bust and then you know once uh you know McVay got there he got the most out of him but once again like I said great coach you know he found golf strengths and used them basically to make him a productive quarterback but at the end of the day you start to realize that golf was very limited and I'm sure McVay got to the frustration point of you know I can't do everything to maybe give our team an edge because he's limited, so he went with Stafford. But I, I really do think it, it is an upgrade, and I do think that the Rams are going to be a potential playoff team. And if they can get that running game sorted out, it, they could be at least conference uh, finalists. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think because they have such an elite defense, like that's going to keep them in a lot of games where we might see a situation where Matthew Stafford struggles. The offense doesn't seem to be clicking, but because the defense is such, like, so dynamic, not just with the front seven we talked about Aaron Donald, but thinking about how you have a lockdown secondary that causes trouble, I think that's going to be... I can see the defense at least giving them at least two or three additional wins over where they are expected to be just because the defense can make plays. The defense is able to get turnovers, see the pick sixes, see the forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. I just think the defense is just that that dynamic. Right. Uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how the West is won. Yeah, which leads us to the second my prediction for the second place team, and this is why I don't like it because I have the Seattle Seahawks as the second division, second in this division. And it's really because Russell Wilson just finds new ways to do it by himself. And at some point, you, the luck it has to run out. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you have kind of Chris Carson, who's a solid serviceable running back. Yes, you have solid wide receiving play. But it seems as though more often than not, Russell Wilson just scrambles, makes plays out of nothing, keeps his team in this in a lot more games than they need to be. And it's like, like how long can Pete Carroll keep doing this? Like how long can Russell Wilson, like body wise, keep doing this? And I, I just don't know. Because the defense obviously isn't the same as, you know, Levante leaving the boom. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, the luck's got to run out. I, and the more that 
they just keep doing this, the more I'm wondering, like, when is it going to run out? Do I think it runs out this season? There's a strong possibility because one injury, and next thing you know, who's Russell Wilson's backup? No one knows. Not even, not even the guy that's actually listed on the depth chart actually thinks that he's the backup for Russell Wilson. Because you take him away from this team, and they are honestly right down there with Arizona. Mm-hmm. Probably underneath Arizona. Right. Hmm. Keep going. And then, unfortunately, the San Francisco 49ers somehow, some way, and how Seattle is basically relying on the quarterback. I think San Francisco wins despite their quarterback because, yes, you you have this Trey Lance factor. We're expecting him to play at some point this season. But it's been said on the show. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is trash. Like he shows <laughs> a lot time of it, and time again. Yeah, I don't think he's the, the best of the best. I, 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 well, I wouldn't say he's trash, but I would say that he's not the best of the best. I mean, if, look, this is probably going to be a slap in the face of Jimmy Garoppolo's friends, family, loved ones. I don't care. If you took Jimmy Garoppolo and put him in a Mitchell Trubisco jersey, what changes? For like, the honestly, Bears? What, for, for, for the quarterback position, if Jimmy Garoppolo... I'd be honest with you. I, w- I would be an upgrade. I mean, he got the 49ers to a Super Bowl. And the, the the 49ers were in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were almost the champs. I mean, you know, Kansas City, you know, did well at toward the end of the game. So I, I wouldn't say that Garoppolo, I have to disagree on you there. Garoppolo is not as bad as Trubisky. I, I think he would have been an upgrade. And the, like I said, and I've said this on the show, the problem with Trubisky was between the 20s, he was great. He wasn't a bad quarterback. The problem was was in the red zone. He he'd always end up with field goals or a turnover, which I think Garoppolo could at least score in the red zone. I think that was the the, the main difference between the two quarterbacks. So the, the difference is Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that right now. I, I think Garoppolo gets kind of a bad shake too. I think his his more of his problem is being injury prone. But go ahead. Well, I mean, and to to that end, obviously the best ability is availability. And with him being so consistent, I mean, you've seen the rotation. Free and Trey Lance is obviously a different dynamic, not just in terms of the two quarterbacks, but how the offense is going to look with a more mobile quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. And this team is really predicated on if this defense can be healthy. Because last season, when the defense wasn't healthy, that's the reason why they were picking so high in the draft. Mm -hmm. Because they know their bread and butter is being a strong front seven, and then the secondary getting what they need to. And with the improvement or with the addition of Josh Norman, who, for how people feel about him, is still a pretty solid cornerback in this league. I mean, I think the defense is going to be leaves and bounds better, even though they lost their defensive coordinator. Again, my million-dollar thing is looking at that quarterback position, knowing that eh, within, within the division, even, 
you're looking at third best quarterback, and that's that's depending on how you feel about uh, Matt Stafford. I mean, just the quarterback position is going to be an issue for the 49ers all season. And pundits talk about it, experts talk about it. Can I ask you a question? And I know that you're talking about the 49ers, Garoppolo, and Trey Lance. But what is your feeling? Should it be quarterback sits and waits? Or should we throw them to the wolves in the fire? I, I hate to be like that guy, but it really is a case-by-case basis. Because there are some situations like a San Francisco where you don't need to put him out to the wolves because... Right now, you're looking at at least two elite defenses. One, you know, one top five defense in LA Rams. Depending on how you feel about Arizona, they have the potential and they've shown that they could be a vaunted defense, especially a front seven. You know that Seattle is always just going to find ways to get pressure on the quarterback. So for me, Looking at a Jimmy Garoppolo who won a veteran experience, I would say do it like most of these teams. You would think about your Bears. Just kind of play play the veteran, and then, you know, by week five, week six, throw, throw off the youngster or throw you know, wait until the bye week. Why? Try to get what, a, what, if the, what if the veteran is playing well? You just didn't say, well, sorry, he's in. I mean, sometimes you have to make hard decisions, both as a coach and as management. If if this is supposed to be your guy of the future, obviously you drafted Trey Lance because you want him to be eventually your quarterback because you don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo in the long term. So, yes, he might have, you know, a season or two maybe left in the tank, but Rumble's are going to start coming around and then knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo has the injury history anyway. You should have Trey Lance get some reps, maybe throw him out into a second half, or maybe if there is a big blowout, throw him in, let him get some reps, just so he can get his speed wide and become acclimated. Similar to how Miami did with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is a universal, I'm riding the hot hand and I'm you know, this magic is a thing. But then when Tua came in, you saw him, and then you have this capable backup waiting in the ring so that if he needs to kind of get his mind right or if he's not seeing anything, boom, you can throw in the veteran so that, one, he's not cold turkey, but then, two, you build this rapport to where you can kind of have them both cohesion so that the young guy can learn and the veteran can show his veteran moxie and that be a learning mentoring lesson. I, I don't think it's smart for them week one to, I mean, this week one, I mean, just we'll see later. Like, you can play Trey Lance against Detroit. It's easy, perfectly fine. Like, <laughs> the disrespect on the Detroit Kittens. <laughs> but I guess. Yeah, just something, yeah. But I guess my thing is this, is that if the kid's not ready, the kid's not ready. And I think that there's there's a lot of factors that go on. I mean, think about it. Mahomes didn't play his first season. I mean, Alex Smith was there. Then Mahomes played his second season. 
I, I, I just think that the media just wants to, you know, it's this shiny new object, you know, just throw the kid in there. You picked him high. He needs to go in there. And I said, you know, every situation is different. And I just hope that coaches evaluate their situation. Like with the Bears, you got Andy Dalton. We all know the line is not the greatest with, with the Bears. If, if, if this guy is going to be my franchise quarterback, franchise quarterback means to me that this guy is going to be on the team at least 10 years or more healthy. I said, why put the guy out there if you know, obviously, if you're picking high, your team is terrible. Now, some people say, well, Peyton Manning went out there and he won three games. Well, you, like I said, every situation is different. There's some situations where you got to get a guy out there, get him out there. He's mature enough to handle situations, and he's going to get better from playing. And there's going to be other guys where you don't want the guy to get seriously hurt. Or you don't want it to be to the point where he's scrambling for his life. What is he? What is he learning from? Just just learning how to just avoid tacklers. Is he? I mean, because think about it. If you don't have a line to at least let you develop plays or get some chemistry with the receivers, or you're just you know running the ball all the time, he, the, the guy's not learning. Now, some people would say, you know, well, Tom Brady, you know, they they were doing ball control and and, and Roethlisberger ball control. There is a maturation process, but at the same time, with me as a Bears fan, I don't mind Andy Dalton being out there. For one, the Bears aren't going anywhere. You're not if you put Justin Fields out there, he's not going to get you to the Super Bowl. Not with this team. This team needs a little bit more pieces. Well, you you might win one, maybe two extra games, and for what? For him to get pretty much beat up or maybe lose his confidence because he's run all over the place or you know some kind of disorganization let Andy Dalton's be in there let him learn from Andy Dalton and when it's time to put you know Watson in there or not Watson but uh Fields in there put him in there I mean it, it, people are just so anxious for this and thinking that well we, we put Fields in there he's going to be the savior well I also don't want Fields to be out there like I don't want the Joe Burrow situation now obviously the Cincinnati didn't have any other options they had Joe Burrow out there but you know, he ended up getting hurt, his ACL. Like, come on. Like I said, I want a quarterback. If he's going to be our franchise quarterback, oh, he's going to be here 10 years or more. I don't mind him sitting out a year and giving me nine great solid years and maybe a, a couple Super Bowl appearances or maybe a Super Bowl appearance and maybe four or five conference, you know, championships appearances and maybe yeah. win one i mean that that that's what i want i don't want him going out there and with the 17 game season i think what did you you had the bears almost at 500 right i believe so yeah so yeah. What, what what is justin fields going to do for the bears you know okay and actually i don't know if you can really you can't really go 500 because there's odd number of games so the the the, the possibility is either you're going to go eight and nine or nine and eight if you put Justin Fields out there, what you might go ten and seven, maybe eleven and six, but that's about it. That's the ceiling. But I would guess more or less with Justin Fields, you're looking at eight and nine, nine and uh, eight, maybe ten and seven. Well, that's the same thing that Andy Dalton can get you. And I think the same situation here with Trey Lance. I, I think can Trey Lance get some playing time with Garoppolo? Yeah. Do I think Garoppolo is probably going to get hurt and eventually Trey Lance is going to take over during the season? Yeah, because why? He has a history of getting hurt. But if he's healthy, 
you know, Garoppolo could be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Now, you might disagree with that, but he did have a couple seasons ago, don't forget, he led the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Oh, that's just my take on it, though. No, I completely understand. I think just looking at it, like, like each situation is different. You can even think about a guy. Like, like it's hard when there's a given incumbent that the head coach has a strong connection with. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why kind of looking at Kyle Shanahan and him like being given Jimmy Garoppolo by Bill Belichick. Like that's, you know, he came over for that specific purpose. Mm-hmm. I think looking at that, like that's, for me, that's a whole different situation than thinking about Justin Fields being the guy or even thinking like all 19,000 Browns quarterbacks. Like when you, you are expected to come in and be the guy day one. Mm-hmm. So, or even looking at what's happening in New England, different. I still think that should we see Trey Lance? I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo struggles, the calls are just going to be so crazy to where they're just going to relent and be like, hey, it's time to go, Rook. But I can also see where Jimmy Garoppolo has that, you know, flash in the pan where he doesn't turn into a turnover machine and he actually plays consistently or well enough to where you won't need to risk Trey Lance getting injured because, you know, he's just keeping things holding steady. At the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah. So let's go with your rundown here. Would go but go from basement <laughs> to the first. All right. So I predict the Arizona Cardinals to finish the season at five and twelve. So it's definitely going to be definitely going to be a rough one if you are a Cardinals fan. Um, mm. I have the LA Rams at nine and eight. So that's wow, and, then, and that's and that's depending on you know that could easily go up to a ten and seven. Mm-hmm. So next, uh, I have the Seattle Seahawks finishing at ten and seven. So wait a minute, you got the Rams and the Seahawks at the same record? No, I have the Rams at eight and nine, but eight and nine, okay. that eight and nine for the Rams. Could potentially be a 10 and 7. Okay. Keep going. And then I have the 49ers also at 10 and 7, but winning the tiebreaker because of the divisional record. Right. Uh, that, that sounds about right. So we got Niners, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. Some people are saying that this is probably the second best division in um, all of football, NFL. Uh, Obviously, the AFC North might be the best from top to bottom. Thoughts? Yeah, I would say NFC West is definitely the toughest division. And I I would say that they are tougher than the AFC North. Mm -hmm. Strictly because if you look at the top three within the East Division, those those all have the ability more so kind of thinking about the Browns and the Rams of actually winning the division. But then if you look at the basement dweller, 
Cardinals are leaps and bounds better than the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Cardinals can steal a game from the Niners, can steal a game from the Seahawks, can steal a game from the Rams. So that ability and legitimate ability to actually win a game and to really affect the divisional records, I think that's what I think makes them more and more difficult than the AFC North because Bengals ain't winning against the Steelers, Ravens, Browns. We could throw out, you know, Mason Rudolph for the Steelers. We can pull out Joe, we can find Joe Flacco, bring him back, and he can play a game for the Ravens. Ain't winning. We can pull out Tim Couch mm-hmm. for the Browns. <laughs> like, the Bengals aren't winning any divisional games this year. So I think because of that, and the fact that the NFC West is just so much logjam mm. that any any of those top three could realistically win, and I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's, once again, I'm kind of surprised you put Arizona in last, considering like a, they, they they lost their last game, I believe, at the end of the season, let my Bears slip into the playoffs. So I didn't think they'd be going backwards, but I guess they are going backwards this year, according to you. Yeah. But- I think they're going to take a huge step back. But I, do I think Cliff Kingsbury loses his job? Probably not because I think he's so tied to Kyler Murray and because you already traded away Josh Rosen to bring in Cliff, you know, to bring in Kyler Murray, who was Cliff Kingsbury's guy. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get a new head coach for him to just get rid of the Kyler Murray experience. Like that's not happening unless you're, unless you are, so deep in the tank mm-hmm. that you are willing to start all over. That means trading Kyler Murray and getting rid of Cliff Kingsbury. That's not happening. <laughs> that, that'd so be a stop. That's like, like, hold on, hold the phone. That's like really starting over. Yeah, like like if, if it gets that bad in Arizona, then ownership has to has to be fired too because. That's the only way that I can see them moving on from both Kingsbury and Murray because those two are tied together. Right. Okay. Cool. I like it. So good. Th- good stuff again, David. As we uh, had a, a really good discussion here about the NFC West, got them all in. What we're going to do is take a quick commercial break, and I think we'll get into your. We'll get, I think we should get into your winners and losers. That's what we'll do. We'll get into your winners and losers. And um, that's what we'll do. Winners and losers, and then get to the NFL pick How about that? Sounds good. Cool. If you listen to us all the time on SoundCloud and on iTunes, it's WHT's After for the Review with a picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head. This one has got the NFC West preview in the books. All of the divisions are in the books. You listen to the first two previews we had of the AFC East and the AFC West, which was all on our SoundCloud and on iTunes, where we return David Mangata Harris's NFL and college football winners and losers. We'll be back to this. 